and design is so squishy and subjective and everyone has an opinion and they're like, you know, I want to build Facebook for poodles. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back with another edition of the podcast, and I'm David Allen, and we have a very special guest on today, which I think will be fun. Now, I want to say something about this guest before we start, because Kurt Elster is on the show today, and this guy, if you want to get your SHIT together to come on a podcast, I'm going to link this in the show notes. You go and take a look at his page. He lays out all the information, possible questions, background information, headshots, Almost everything, I would say everything, I'm not even almost everything, everything you need as someone who's about to interview another person would require so that they don't have to spend hours and hours compiling their own information and wandering through the interwebs to find it. And I just want to say, Kurt, thanks a lot for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it certainly, it was a selfish act because it makes it so easy for you to say yes to having me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we want. You know, you want to make everyone's job easier. And as a copywriter who does research, you know, on a regular basis, uh, it can be laborious. And this was so much uh, easier. You know, if, if I had clients that la had everything laid out as neatly and as, as succinctly as you did, my job would be so much easier most days. And, you know, it's easier when you're talking about yourself. <laughs> and Let then me you tell this, you about me. Yeah, exactly. Then you get to sound like, like you are really are, too, instead of my perspective on you. So let's start. Uh, you are a, a conversion optimization expert. Yeah, I'm a, a Shopify expert, exclusively work on Shopify, but you know, these lessons apply to all of e-commerce and usability. Um, so don't just tune out if you're not on Shopify, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but within Shopify, you know, the, the thing that I most enjoy doing is uh, conversion rate optimization. Just seeing those, those metrics go up and being able to give people a higher ROI out of their marketing efforts is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting because it turns real things on the dial. It makes you know, the money flow in and it's, uh, it helps people in a real sense. Yeah, it's not, you know, I used to consider myself a designer and design is so squishy and subjective and everyone has an opinion and they're like, you know, I want to build Facebook for poodles like, oh. <laughs> um, versus, you know, conversion rate optimization. They're like, I want to add, you know, I want to make the, the website play horse noises. And you're like, well, that's not going to be good for your conversion. It'll make the conversion go down, but we could try it and test it. Uh, so. No, it's just, I like it because it's, it's data driven design. It's informed design. Right. That's, what, that's what feels good about it. Yeah. And as, you know, a, a guy that uh, specializes in direct response myself, these little things, you know, there's things about design, of course, we come in contact with a lot of designers who want to prettify things a lot and make it look nice. And it usually uh, often destroys the conversion in, in many right. cases. <laughs> so I can really appreciate people who use data and testing and stuff too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a recovering designer. I struggle <laughs> with it every day. Hi, Kurt. <laughs> fight that battle. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it like it's it's easy to go to feed your own ego as a designer and go subtle is sophisticated and this is beautiful and it follows the latest trends and when I screenshot this for Dribble everyone's going to be so impressed and it's not going to make money like that's ultimately that's what it is I mean a website that someone owns your like your work your design has an impact on their 
ultimately on their life, on the people they employ, on their family. Like it has huge far-reaching effects. And so give up on your ego and start instead of doing cool design, do effective design. And that's what's so wonderful about conversion rate um, optimization or approaching things as, you know, data-driven design. No, I think that's a, a beautiful thing. So, so let's take let's take us through where you came from, your superhero origin story. How Certainly. did you get into this? What were you doing before? And sort of bring us up to speed. Absolutely. Uh, in 2009, I was working as a, a product manager for a auto parts e-commerce store that was uh, quite successful and I enjoyed it. Uh, I worked there, but you know, I wasn't my own boss. I don't have the personality for it. And I was getting up, go work, time my Converse All-Stars and I just broke down in tears and I knew like, all right, I'm just quitting my job. Of course, I didn't have a family, so it was easy to do then, right? But I, yeah. I just went to work. I gave my one week notice. I couldn't, I'm like, I can't even do two weeks. And it was, it was me. It wasn't them. It wasn't their fault. Um, and then I said, because I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I shoot for the moon. I said, let's just build my own e-commerce platform. Just like, this just seemed like, well, that's not that hard. <laughs> like, just nuts. And at the same time, I had uh, a good friend, a good childhood friend, what had lost his job as a, a talented interaction developer um, at a local agency. Right. And because like 2009, everybody was getting laid off. Um, so he had, he had unemployment. So he was like nervous to him to go, yeah, I'll work on this thing with you. Um, and after a year, we quickly, like, we kind of, you know, pulled the, the thread on the sweater and discovered, oh my gosh, you can't, you know, building an e-commerce platform with two guys who've never done such a thing. It just wasn't realistic. Maybe right. two other dudes could have done it, but we, we couldn't. So to keep the lights on, um, you know, I, I had local businesses knocking on my door going, hey, can, they misunderstood what we're doing. They go, hey, could you help with our website? I'm like, that's not us. You know, <laughs> get out of here. That's just idiotic. And five after a year, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, ramen doesn't taste so great anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I sold like a custom, I did a, sold a website and I charged like 700 bucks. And I thought that's good. You know, and it was like completely custom design oh, wow. and development and wow. we launched it. All right, fine. And it held their hand through it. And then like, by the time I was selling them for 2,500 bucks, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is criminal. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny though. And I don't want to stop you there, but it's funny your perspective, your perception, how it changes from, cause I've gone through this myself. It changes. You're like, okay, 700, this seems fair. You know, cause you have a, cause you have a real perspective of what it actually takes to actually do it. And clients of course have no perspectives. They couldn't do it themselves anyways, especially when it comes to like a website. And then, you know, when it charge $2,500, you feel like you're like, you almost feel fraudulent. And you're like, is this legal? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a money machine I got in my, in my room. Yeah, and then you discover the dark truth. It's like, oh, you just entered revision hell because someone is taking design cues from 40 people. Yeah. Like we got the, you know, we went to our, our family gathering and I submitted your design to all 40 members of my family and here are all of their notes. Have fun. Um, figure it out. You know, that's the kind of thing that happens early on. So we started, um, we got lucky and, you know, we got our big break. We started doing, like we did some work for Cranes, the big business newspaper, like they had a special uh, editorial feature. And then from there, we like using that as a portfolio piece, we were able to start doing work for agencies. And you know, this whole time I used direct response marketing. I literally like right. to get my initial local clients. I wrote hand, I wrote a letter, hand addressed it, slipped it under the local nice. businesses doors. And then for agencies, I know they like email. I wrote a, a nice sales letter. I said, yeah. I care about two things, building great websites and pressing the hell out of your clients. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that got me phone meetings and I found myself with like three to four agency clients. Um, and we were doing work for big websites. You know, we did stuff for Verizon, NFL, Hilton hotels, maybe that Hilton hotel site we did the WordPress development on is still up the wit hotel.com. Wow. Uh, this is cool. And the and, NFL too. And the NFL. Yeah. If you remember that, 
Verizon's Fight Foam Off campaign. Um, <laughs> I do, with, actually. With Drew Brees. Yeah, there was a website with a contest that went along with that. I did that. Oh, wow. Um, and I was even managing it, too. Like, we had just used – we had such a short timeline. We just used Woofoo mm. to, as, like, a form builder for this huge con- this national <laughs> contest. Yeah. And well, it like, survived. It sounds like it survived. And it take, you keep, it, keep your tools simple use what you're comfortable with. And it worked. We had zero problems. Mm. Um, but it, you know, it isn't the like huge enterprise thing that people would expect. Uh, so, you know, we did that, but we weren't happy with it. And at the same time I had a friend, like, it, it's just hard. You're the, it's like these big $50,000 projects, but the effective hourly rate is not amazing because there's a ton of work that goes into it. Yeah. And agencies are, they're boiler makers where like you know, every time I turned around, my project manager quit or got fired, mm. you know, like that. And you're working with someone else who now wants to get you out to hire their friend. Like that happened three times. Wow. It's just like, it's really stressful or like a project would be going and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do this. So we'll just pay, you know, we paid you up through a third of it. Uh, you know, see ya and your work never sees the light of day. And now you're scrambling, you know, for your next thing. Mm. It was hard. Um, and at the same time I had a friend who owns a popular recumbent only bike shop, very nerdy kind of bike there, um, locally. And we, he said, I need a new website. And I said, let's check out, you want to sell online? He goes, yeah. I'm like, there's this thing called Shopify I heard of. Maybe we'll play with it. And again, we always shoot for the moon. So our very first Shopify project, having never used it ever, was a completely custom theme I designed. Um, and I, my current business partner developed. And they took notice and they said, we've got this thing called the Experts Program. It's going to be like an app store, but for hiring experts. And that was how they pitched it to me. They said, you want to join? It's in beta. You know, you made a custom theme, so you're in. Cool. So I got in. And then I got a couple leads from it. Um, and one day I read this amazing book on sales letters called Sean DeSouza's The Brain Audit. I don't oh, know if you're yeah. No, I am. And, and actually, Sean's going to be on the show here in a few, a few weeks. Oh, okay. Well, tell, he doesn't know me, but tell him I love him. I will. Um, That's a great book, <laughs> by the way, for anybody yeah, listening. It really, that, like, that was a, a watershed moment for me. Really, I'd read a bunch of copywriting books, read sales books. Yeah. That was the one where it's like, oh, I get it now. It clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, very, it's not long. It's just like to the point. I loved it read it in a Starbucks. I like literally remember reading it and be like, Oh, duh. So I wrote a sales letter like that for Shopify, right. um, for my Shopify experts page. And now I start getting way more leads and way better leads Boom. there. You know, after a while we just said, you know, we, we're done getting beat up by the agencies. Like, let's just only do e-commerce. And then from like within a month of that, I was like, wait, wait, let's just only do Shopify. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's counterintuitive, but when you niche down, like within 60 days of doing that, mm-hmm. I was getting referrals from people. I didn't know to people I didn't know going, Oh yeah, well you're the Shopify guys. Nice. At that time, what they had like a hundred thousand stores, maybe right. now they've got 400,000 stores. Um, so it was, you know, hitching your cart to one horse like that, to one platform and just making it very clear. This is what I do. This is who I do it for was hugely important. And it's been, you know, it's been three years since then. And I, I wish I'd done it sooner. Yeah, no, I think this is a very important lesson. And for people listening, we have a lot of freelance copywriters, uh, you know, and business owners and so forth listening to this show. But for the freelance copywriters out here, wind that back about 30 seconds and listen to what Kurt is saying again, because this can happen, especially when you're getting started in copywriting. This is so important. This can make it so much easier. And as you just listened to, how much a change it made immediately in in the way your business uh, got off the ground. Yeah, probably like if I could go back and tell myself two things, it would be, you know, hey, number one, uh, figure out a positioning statement. So a positioning statement would just, it tells someone in one sentence what you do, who you do it for and why. So I go, Kurt Elster helps Shopify store owners uncover hidden profits in their stores. And then if I want to add something to it, unlike other designers, he cares solely about return on investment. Nice. Nice. Like, there's a hook there. Yeah. So you do that, or you can say something like, I'm a dog lawyer, where then like I'm immediately compelled to ask more. 
know, like, <laughs> that's what, a good what elevator pitch. Lawyer? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dog so, lawyer. But think about this. If it takes you more than a sentence to explain what you do, no one's going to remember it. So they're not going to be able to refer anyone to you and you're not going to like be connected to anything in their head mm-hmm. when they then need that pain. And that's, that's right. the, the amazing part about, about choosing a niche, choosing positioning. Originally, I, you know, early on, everybody thinks this, oh, I'll cast a wider net, I'll get more, yeah. I'll be more profitable, get more leads, whatever. No, it doesn't work. You're a generalist and like no one is interested in you. Like I'm not, who makes more, you know, a, a family physician who is essentially a generalist or, <laughs> you know, a plastic surgeon who only does like mommy makeovers. Like some, when, that's yeah. like a double vertical. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was funny. You mentioned that I was in, <clears throat> I was in Nashville and this, I find this a lot with you were getting a mommy makeover. to plus- <laughs> <laughs> okay. I cool. admit it. I come in clean. Uh, <laughs> you got your tummy tuck. <laughs> I was in uh, Nashville here a year ago, maybe. And uh, I was sitting next to a guy in a cafe and he was a, a personal trainer and he was talking to another friend of his and they were sitting at the table and he was trying to come up like, Oh, I need some, he just said like, Oh, I need some more clients. Or so I just overheard their conversation. And I said, I don't mean to interject, but what, what, what do you do? And he was like, Oh, I'm a personal trainer. I do this. Said, well, who do you do it for? And he couldn't really tell me. He said, yeah, you know, blah, blah. I said, well, he goes, but I, but then he said, I do like uh, doing people getting ready. Well, like brides getting ready uh, for their wedding. Oh, and I said, so good. that's what you should do. Boom. Right there. And it was just, yeah. You know, and I explained it to him a little bit and, 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 you know, and you're right. People are afraid to cast like too small of a net because they think they're going to leave people out, but it's the opposite. Usually unless you're, unless your thing is so small that nobody, there's nobody in that niche, uh, you know, which is so, which is rare, you know, there's enough people, then, you know, that's the way to go at least to start for sure. That's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, if your niche had a hundred people, that means it's probably close knit. A hundred people know each other. Mm -hmm. And let's say you get, you know, they refer you, you talk to 20 people, you book sale, you book uh, $10,000 projects, lifetime value with 10 of them. You are now a six figure consultant. Yep. Just like that. It's not crazy. It's not crazy at all when you start thinking about it like that. No. When you look at the math, it's just pretty, it's pretty straightforward and simple. And I think people just don't really sit down and figure out what they need, what they want and what the goal is and stuff and all that sort of simple stuff. And sometimes I get, I get pushed back on it and I've heard this, you know, I thought this too is go, well, if I only do one thing, I'm going to get bored. It's like, do you really love relearning all of your tools at the start of every project? Because you might be a masochist. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You look, you look at the top, the top and then that's true. You might be a masochist and you look at the top, like if for people listening who are, who have copywriters, you look at the top people who are in copywriting, the sort of the, what they call the A-list, the all-star, the people writing direct mail for like Agora or something like that. They specialize in a couple niches and that's it, you know, uh, because, and there's a number of reasons for that. But one of the reasons is you get so good at knowing that niche, it makes it so much easier yes. to write because you don't have to go and then become an expert about some new niche that takes a lot. That takes a lot of time to do. It becomes like pulling a thread on a sweater where you, I've used that metaphor twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it becomes like, it's uh, okay. We'll say an onion where mm. once you dive into a particular niche and you only work in one space, you discover it is way more nuanced than you knew yeah. and you discover new problems and new things. And then you even break it down into further niches. Like yeah. I know, you know, I know who my ideal clients are in Shopify and I know who the bad fits are so I can qualify those people right away. I know who I love working with, but really, I mean, you just kind of, and you don't do it based on the market. Do it for you. Go, all right, who's my favorite client? What's my favorite project? Can I just only work with people like that? Like, right. or what's my unfair advantage? Like, oh, I've got experience in this space and other people don't. Okay, then do that. <laughs> Why are you making Make it, it so easy. Yeah, I'm, fun, you know, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to do work if I don't have to, right? I, I hear so you. 
that's you know niching down shoot positioning it's scary don't get me wrong it's scary it's all right to be scared but it's not forever you can revise it it's just words on a website yeah i would say there's a there's a book that i've never read but i always enjoyed uh, (laughs) referencing the the title which is feel the fear and do it anyway oh i like that yeah you got it like if you're not one of the the tenants I discovered when I joined a mastermind group and they started challenging me to do things. And every time I did them, one of two things happened. Either it made more money for me or it just didn't like nothing happened. Never did anything bad happen. Right. I like was afraid or stressed about trying something. And as that continues, you quickly discover like, Oh, if you're not regularly challenging yourself, you're not doing enough to grow your business. Yeah. You got to push some, you got to push the boundaries and that makes it exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, could be yeah, fearful, but that, that's, that's partially because it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So that's what you, you decided to, to niche down. You decided to find out who you're, who you want to work with personally, Kurt, you decided to find these people instead and that caused your business to take off. And you uh, learned a little bit about, you know, uh, what makes people buy uh, through Sean D'Souza. Keep going. What, what does that lead up to? <laughs> so once I've got, you know, I mean, I'm getting leads through Shopify experts. I'm building, we're doing only work on Shopify. It's like, okay, it's cool. And then, but I, the thing I don't like is sales. I don't want to be a salesman. No one likes being sold to. I just want to have conversations with people I like who might become my friends. <laughs> you know? And then like we, I add value to their business and then they give me literal money. Um, <laughs> like I don't want to write proposals and go, I was like, I nope. just don't want to do it. So Simple system around that. Uh, do you have CarMax in your area? Uh, I, be- I believe I, I don't personally use it, but I believe we probably do. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, it's a used car lot. It's a national franchise, but it's in more regions than others. Okay. And you go like you just go on their website. You find a car you want, and it's like all kinds of cars. You could buy like a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you will go on the lot, and the you're not allowed to haggle. There is zero haggling, and the salespeople are not allowed to try to sell you because they don't work on commission. They just mm. they're just there if you want to take a test drive and that's it. So you show up, Hey, here's the car. Like, this is what we know about it. Buy it or don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And here's the, you got to, you got seven days to bring it back. And the price is the price is the price. There's nothing. Hmm. That's it. And I bought, I bought a Mustang. I bought my a Mustang. Of course, like, of course right? you did. Um, <laughs> now I've sold the Mustang, bought a Jaguar, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so now I, I bought a, I bought a Mustang and um, I loved it. I'm like, it was easy. I know I'm paying a little more cause I can't haggle, but mm-hmm. it really just made life easy. And I thought, wait, you know, I could just do this in our own business. So I, ended up taking like the common instead of trying to do huge projects we took just like the the simple things that people needed right. so set up a theme for my store set up my store set up a facebook sales funnel for me set up email marketing those like simple pro those mm-hmm. simple projects and i turned those into service offerings in what i call i lovingly call the chinese menu mm-hmm. um, so my agency site eatercycle.com there's a link right up there that says pricing that is the most clicked on thing on that website Cycle.com slash pricing. And it's just a menu of my current service offerings. Here's what we offer you. And if you Mm -hmm. click one, you can learn more. And that's some some copywriting action. Or it's like pain, dream, fix, and just a fixed price. So it's fixed price, fixed scope. You can read before you ever talk to me. Here's what Kurt offers. Here's what he could do for me. Here's what it'll cost. Are you interested in more? Um, (laughs) By the time they get on the phone with me, you know, they got to apply. But by the time they get on the phone with me, they know what I do, who I do it for, what it costs, et cetera. So it's really just a conversation to see like, you know, are we a good fit? Do these services make sense for your business? Does, do I like you? Do I think I can generate a positive ROI for you? If yes, then, Hey, I will send you a link. You could pay for this a hundred percent upfront and then we'll, we'll do the work. And if I'm, 
in any way unprofessional, unethical, don't deliver, I will refund your money. Mm. And, like if you won't give that risk reversal guarantee, mm-hmm. reconsider what you're doing. Like yeah. if you're not confident enough in your services that you can promise someone you'll be ethical and professional. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you're in the wrong business then. Yeah. So. That's, that, no, that's great. So that's where it basically stands now. You go to, and it, it's called, it's pronounced EtherCycle. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, EtherCycle. Ether it's a sleep. When we were building the e-commerce business, it was supposed to be four bike shops. So it was a portmanteau of Ethernet and Bicycle. Because even in 2009, like all the good domain names were taken. Right. So making up a name, like a totally made up name, made it very easy. That like I can always register that everywhere, which is nice. Right. No, that's great. That's great. So that's where it stands now. You have it all laid out. You're uh, having some hoops people jump through by looking around your site and knowing exactly what they're going to get and who you are and what to deal with. And and that's creating those good clients, making it into the funnel and the other ones not. And the the final, you touched on it. The final piece that I left out that we have not discussed is how do I get those people into the funnel? Right. I'm not doing outbound marketing anymore, right? Email people. Mm -hmm. Um, I do grassroots efforts, um, content marketing. So I host a podcast, the unofficial Shopify podcast. We're going to hit a quarter million downloads this summer, which is amazing. Nice. Um, and we never really promoted it. It was just everything we do is stacking the bricks. Yeah. Just like show up, be consistent. If you're going to try something, just do it consistently and you'll get better at it. and It'll get better. Like the first episode, you know, got a few hundred downloads, which even surprised me. And then like it just grew and grew until now we've got sponsors and I've got, you know, we're in, uh, as of today, 225,000 downloads. Um, it's just wild where people wild. can listen to, like, that's probably our biggest drivers. You know, people share the podcast. I can, if someone's interesting, I don't have to be like, hey, I want to talk to you, pick your brain over coffee, like that kind of silly thing. I can give them value or go, hey, did, do you want to share your story? I bet it's really interesting. Do you want to share your story with my listeners on my show? And then I can talk to them, you know, for 30 minutes. Um, that turns into value for them, turns into value for my listeners. And I get this one-on-one time with them. So it has all these, these benefits. Um, so I just, free, I basically, I work in public, you know, mm-hmm. as the saying goes, but interviewing people, which I sucked at at first, but. You, <laughs> Don't you, I know it? Yeah. yeah. I have the same thing. Um, and now I'm experimenting with YouTube videos. I get like a hundred views a week on a new video. How go me. But I know if I just keep at it, if I keep doing it, it's going to get, um, you know, it's going to build all grow subscribers. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about both those mediums is they're, they're intimate. Like I got to have Kurt in my ear for 22 minutes right. while driving to work like yeah. that. You listen to the podcast. So by the time someone gets on the phone with me, they're comfortable with me. They know what I'm about. I'm the same person right now. You know, maybe it's a little bit of shtick. It's mm-hmm. like I'm 10% more me, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and then when they get on the phone with me, they go, oh, you know, I feel like I already know you. I'm just like, well, you do. Because like that, that was me. No, I think that's a very important point. And it's like, uh, you still, I still encounter this a lot when I uh, have people come to me and they, you know, they maybe want copywriting or they want some marketing strategy and they want to figure out what's going on with their business. And they're still in this sort of like, professional, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're a little, what I would call, they're a little older and they're kind of like so, so professional speaking and sounding on all their materials and stuff that it's just so clinical and it's boring, sterile is what a word. And it doesn't stand out. It doesn't stand out and it doesn't speak yourself, to anybody. Yeah, it no, speak to no one relates to that. Just every time I have, that's when I talked about like, you got to challenge yourself, be comfortable. One of the hardest things for me was just putting myself out there. Like mm-hmm. now in, you know, in my newsletter, I'll be like, Oh, here's, you know, my, uh, uh, like here's my wife, you know, here's my kids. Like I'll, right. uh, when I, when we were, uh, when we just, we got pregnant, we've got a three month old now. Oh, and my, well, when my wife got pregnant, rather, I was not, <laughs> um, it was a team effort though. Um, I shared, I shared it with my list before I posted it on Facebook, just being open, being personal. People can relate to you. Like people want to interact with people, sell H to H human to human. Yeah. These mistakes all the time. So if people want to get in touch with you, 
Kurt? How do they go about that? Uh, I got two things for you. Number one, go to kurtelster.com, sign up for my newsletter. When you get the first one, uh, just hit reply to it. It is my actual email address. Hit reply. You can ask me anything about this. I am, as long as you send me a thoughtful question, I will send you a thoughtful answer in reply. Um, nice. And then, uh, yeah, most of my stuff is around e-commerce, but I did write a book that would be useful for you called Email Templates for Freelancers. Normally $47, uh, I will get a coupon code for 20% off. We'll call it, uh, we'll do, what would be a good coupon code? We'll call it uh, magic. Coupon okay. code will be magic. Perfect. Um, and I will, I will share that link with you for the show notes. Yeah, that is amazing. Thank you for doing that for our audience, Kurt. That's uh, very generous of you. My pleasure. Awesome. It's been a great. It's just an hour just almost flew by and because you're uh, entertaining to talk to and so forth. And I really want to thank you for coming on the show, man. You made it really easy for me. My honor and pleasure. For everybody else, we'll be back next week with another exciting guest, hopefully as entertaining and as informative uh, as Kurt. To Impossible. Yeah, we'll talk, talk to everybody then. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.